Welcome back to Black Equity. Welcome Black Equity listeners. This is episode 165 and we have a great show for you in store today. I had the opportunity to sit down with Anna from Black Pod Collective where we had a really, really great conversation about the current landscape of podcasting, what's currently going on within the culture. And I think you're going to find a lot of great gems uh, while you're choosing the different podcasts you're listening to, or if you are a podcaster or creator yourself, there's a lot of great gems uh, that we are able to uh, really hand to each other uh, during this conversation. So sit back, enjoy. I think you really will find this to be very educational, very enlightening, and of course, plenty of wisdom. So without further ado, episode 165 Black Voices. All right, we are here with Anna with Black Pod Collective. I'm very excited about this conversation. Anna, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. I want you to introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about your organization. Definitely. Thank you. First, thank you so much for having me on your show. I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, you're actually my first show that I've been on. So, wow. like, yeah, I'm over ooh, here. Ooh, like, watch out now. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> um, so, I'm super excited about that. Awesome. Um, but my name is Anna Gogo, and I'm the founder of Black Pod Collective. Okay. And what we are is an organization that was created to fill the void of adequate representation within the podcasting industry. And so what that means is we offer, um, you know, we kind of offer educational tools, social tools, as well as financial resources. So we really want to be an avenue for Black, African, and African-American podcasts. Anna, are you still there? I'm here. Okay. Uh, I think uh, that last part may have kind of cut out a little bit. Okay. So uh, tell me again, what exactly is Black Pod Collective? Black Pod Collective is an organization that was created to fill the void of adequate representation within the podcasting community. And we really do this by making sure we offer educational tools, social environments, like creating a community amongst Black podcasters, as well as financial resources. Um, Our main goal is to make sure that we have a leg up within this industry and we're not left in the dust. Because often, um, a lot of, you know, Black people in general, we find things fun and engaging, but we sometimes forget to look at how we can really build off of things and grow from there. And we just want to make sure that each podcaster, as they go into this industry, they recognize that their own potential and then also have a place to learn and grow together. I love it. So what is it about podcasting that you feel is uh, so important? Uh, to be investing this this time and the resources in uh, with your organization? Um, Honestly, I really think it's the day and age that we're in. You know, society is consistently changing and we are in a state of, we're in a time where it's really important for our voices to be heard. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so many things happen and, and news happens and life events happen so quickly. And instead of waiting for other people to tell our stories, waiting for other people to kind of shed light on what communities, I feel like podcasting really gives us that opportunity to really shift the story and say it in the way that is true to each person. You know, um, sometimes I feel like the media kind of sheds light in a way that can be very negative when there's a lot of Black people who are out here doing things that are very empowering. So to me, podcasting is that next wave, like how YouTube was, but it allows for us in a more real-time fashion, um, in a manner that allows to kind of take wherever you go and allows for people to hear you and allows for you to also have an outlet. So I think as society changes, a lot of young people are, you know, not going into the way of corporate America. They're going into being a creative. And so I think it's important for us to build those foundations now so that they know that this is an option for me to get my voice heard. I agree. So, okay. I'm thinking about being a podcaster. I'm listening to this episode I want to reach out to you. How do I know if I'm a good fit for your organization or just podcasting in general? How do I even know if that's a, a calling that I should you know, follow? Um, as far as our organization goes, I tell people that we are for people who are currently podcasters, who've been thinking about being a podcaster, or just likes listening to podcasts. Mm. And so that's a wide variety of people. Right. Um, the reason for that is because I feel like all of those stages, you can learn so much from each other. If I'm at a stage where I am learning about podcasting and I'm trying to decide whether I want to be a podcaster or not, I think it's important to be in room, be in a room with people who are already doing it right. and be in a room with people who listen to podcasts and can actually give you that feedback. Right. Um, so I say our organization is for anybody who's ever had any type of interest with podcasting. As far as trying to figure out if podcasting is for you, I say podcasting is for everybody. And the reason I say that is oftentimes we think of podcasting as the person in front of the mic and we fail to think about the positions and those support roles that are behind the scenes. Let's talk about and that. So, what are some of those behind the scenes ideas that you have some of those positions? Um, so for instance, like a show producer mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't really know what that entails, but really a person who's able to, like, if they're an organized person, they like the details, they like doing a little bit of research. That's a behind the scenes person. That could be the person who on the show, they find the guest, they research them, they figure out what questions to ask, and then they schedule it. And then, you know, then the host is the one who has this type of conversation. Mm-hmm. Along with that, you have your sound engineers. So a lot of people, you know, that's the part that they don't really want to get into. Um, Some people are like, you know what, I would love to be a podcaster, but the whole notion of putting together an intro, an outro, the background music, cleaning it up, that just seems like a little bit too much for me. And to me, that's where I say partnering with other people who they may be shy or they just feel like that's not their calling to be in front of um, a mic. That could be another element. Um, Along with that, I always say like a show coordinator, which is usually like the person who does like the website, who does the transcriptions, like some of those little details. And that could be your person who's a blogger who enjoys writing. And so podcasting really allows for you to pull into the various different avenues of creative world. That's awesome. That's awesome. If If I'm listening to you correctly, it sounds like if I'm working with your organization, I'm not only going to be able to learn uh, from you, but it's going to be a collective of other podcasters to bounce ideas off of 
uh, as well. Am I hearing that correctly? A hundred percent. I always tell people, I don't, I don't think I know everything. I don't even think I know 50% of the things. Mm -hmm. And so I think each event that we cultivate is about bringing people together. Um, Anyone who's ever been to one of our events will tell you, I am not the one who's trying to like have all the conversations. Instead, I want to foster people to come together and talk about their experiences. Um, I'm more of a behind the scenes type of person. I love putting the events together and watching it come to life. And so it's one of those things of, giving people space and an opportunity to find each other. And then you're able to glean from each other. And that way it doesn't feel so isolating mm. because sometimes podcasting is just you and a mic. Yes. Sometimes it is. That's very, <laughs> don't, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the events or some of the things that are coming up that people should know about? Um, some things that we have coming up is uh, we really like to partner with organizations that are doing things towards the Black community, not just for podcasters, because I really do think that by partnering in these avenues, it creates a voice for these organizations. Mm-hmm. And then it also allows for our podcasters to know that, wait a minute, this is an avenue for me to tap into, or I do a podcast about real estate, or I do a podcast about X, Y, and Z. I can find out how I can partner with this organization long term. So we've partnered with um, Epic Collective and what they're doing is a panel discussion and they are wealth building. So they focus on commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. And so they have an event called Collective Commercial Conversations um, and that's taking place on Monday, um, August 12th. And it's here in Atlanta, downtown, and I'll be the moderator for that. So I'm super excited that's, for that. That's one. dope. Yes. Um, Another really big one for us is we are partnering to bring together a TEDx. So awesome. Yes. Um, It's called TEDx Call Your Heights. It's the very first one. Um, For those who may not know about the history of Call Your Heights, it is the very first community that was created by Black people for Black people. Mm. Um, It was a very, um, it was a very instrumental community. And it really was that community where everyone looked out for each other and could have really been like the next Black Wall Street. Yeah. Um, And so just kind of talking about some of the people that came from that community, from T.I. to Killer Mike to our mayor, in Atlanta, Keisha Lancebottom, mm-hmm. and just talking about the history of how um, it's grown, but also talking about Atlanta. So the theme is Atlanta influences everything. And um, over the years, Atlanta has had so much influence from politics to civil rights um, to just kind of how our community is built here in Georgia specifically. And then in other areas, it created many movements. So um, I was very excited when we were kind of tapped to um, partner on that particular event. And that's taking place on Saturday, August 17th. Awesome. And so the first one, the first one with Epic Collective, that's going to be at the the parlor. Is that right? That's the parlor, which is downtown on Peter Street. Okay. And where and where is this uh, TEDx one going to be? TEDx is actually going to be at Frederick Douglass High School. Okay. Um, for those who are from Atlanta, they know there's a huge history around that school in particular. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And so we we have some of these events where people can um, you know research and see if this is a good fit for them. Um, so as far as working directly with you, what does that process look like? What is the intake process of working with your organization uh, and how will that uh, flow, I guess? 
And it's so crazy because people ask about membership all the time Mm -hmm. or just trying to figure out like, you know, how do I join the collective? And for us right now, not rolled out our, our membership platform just yet. Okay. Um, we do have our ambassador applications, which are open right now. And what that really means is, though we are physically based here in Atlanta, we go to other states. Like we've done events up in New York. Um, another big market for us is Houston. We are sponsoring um, a pod connection, which is taking place in Charlotte. And so we'll be there as well. So we believe in um, kind of cultivating a community wherever we are. And so some of our big markets that we're noticing is Houston, Dallas, Brooklyn, um, Charlotte, and of course here in Atlanta. And so we've opened ambassador applications. And what that means is you have an opportunity to be a branch of Black Pod Collective in your respective city. Um, What that looks like is we provide um, event sponsorship um, once a quarter where we're able to kind of like bring an event to life for you. And so if you pitch an idea and you're part of our ambassador program, we'll help fund that. Um, Along with that, we kind of put together some um, studios that we can get discounts from, um, website promotion, just a huge collaboration to start building that community. And so for us, that's our first step into breaking into our membership platform. But right now, it's just the ambassador piece. And um, a new thing we're rolling out is the newsletter. Okay. So I always encourage for people to sign up to our newsletter. Our first one just went out and it really just kind of gave you an introduction to the organization. Right. Moving forward, it's going to really focus more so on some breaking news happening within the podcast industry and such as new apps, new um, tools, new organizations, new mergers and what that really means. And then things such as reviews, like you have so many of these podcast festivals that take place that are like $500 and you don't know if it's really worth your time or your resources. And so we're going to also um, be kind of putting together stories around that. So we're partnering with podcasters as well as bloggers, like podcasters who like to write um, to kind of submit stories for the newsletter and be able to um, reach a larger audience, but also to serve as our writers for our website and serve as our writers for our newsletters. Um, And then our last piece is fresh off the press news. Like you are getting this first. Drum roll. Where my drum roll at? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are in the process of putting together new and original shows. Oh, awesome. Um, Yeah, so... For me, one of the big things that I felt um, when I first was even looking at podcasting is that so many people um, talk about sex and relationship and love, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it can be a little oversaturated. Mm -hmm, I agree. (laughs) I can can attest to that. Go ahead. (laughs) And it can make it seem like within the industry, like we don't have bandwidth to discuss other items. Um, as I look at what are some of the things that we need within our community, what are some of the things that are fun, but not necessarily around sex and relationship, um, we've uh, started putting together shows and working with people who already have pretty good platforms. Um, one person has a um, real estate platform where she really kind of has, um, if anybody knows the Beltline area, she's flipped quite a few properties within our community and commercial real estate. And so that show will be discussing like, okay, what does that entail if you want to go into real estate? What does that really look like? What happens like um, if you're, you know, your contractor runs away with all of your money mm-hmm. or you know, 
any of those things. Right. So that way it doesn't seem so scary for us to make those leaps because unlike sometimes our white counterparts, we don't necessarily always have that expendable income to where if our contractor runs away with our money, we're like, oh, I got another $20,000. Right. No and so it's taking that fear out of it. And so that's one show because the Atlanta market right now is really, um, there's so many opportunities there. And I think sometimes that we're being left behind. Um, another one that we're working on is around women who drink beer. And so it's really one of those things nice. where like black women drink beer. And so it's one of those things where it's talking about some of the stigmas associated with being a black woman, but also discussing like the different beers and helping people understand like, you know, the whole notion of the beer belly and all these different stigmas that we've somehow gotten as a community over time. So that's just two of the shows. There's a third one we have in the works, but we're in the process of putting together original content um, and partnering with people where we are the producers of the show, mm -hmm. but other people host it. So we're also like looking for those novices who are looking to help a show come to life, whether that is, you know, booking the guest, helping us book the, um, the studio time, those type of items. We're going to need support because right now we're only a three-man team or gotcha. a three-woman team. Got you. So if someone is interested, if anyone's listening, go ahead and contact you about uh, potentially being a uh, host of uh, those two shows. And then also, where's the best way to contact you for the ambassador program? So the ambassador program, um, if you go to our Instagram or even our website, mm -hmm. um, our website is www.black, which is B-L-K-P-O-D-collective.com. Um, there's an ambassador tab there and you can read the qualifications, benefits, and expectations and then apply right from there okay. for our Instagram page, which also has the link to apply. Awesome. So let me ask you this. What is your favorite Black podcast? What are your top two or three currently as of 2019? My two, honestly, would be Jesus and Jalof, which awesome. I'm Nigerian. So for me, that's just like, I feel like they were in my household going up. <laughs> right. Episode, I'm just like, hey, my sister, were you here? Is this, is this, is this you? <laughs> <laughs> so I often find myself just recognizing like oh okay so all nigerian parents are like this then mm. it's and it's a it's a funny but at the same token it really does touch on like the reality of growing up as a um a, a first gen um nigerian so you're not nigerian enough you're not american enough so i just really love it um and then cocktails and cancer so a lot of if you haven't heard about that one please go check it out uh i'm a two-time cancer survivor so listening wow. to that one always um kind of like touches my heartstrings because it's just like hearing these ladies experiences and um i think things like that are good for people to have for support purposes wow wow yeah i'll definitely check out those two i've never uh heard of those two podcasts but that's the beautiful part about this community is you learn something new every day. I think I saw a post uh, by the shade room uh, earlier this week where uh, they were saying, what are your favorite podcasts? And it was literally 15,000 comments, of all these different podcasts. Uh, so it shows that there's a lot of people out there, but like you said, there are some topics that are uh, just a tad bit oversaturated. So I think it's awesome to bring in some new refreshing uh, material. Definitely. Yeah. So, 
I just came across something great for our network. I just uh, put it on our Instagram page. It is a free webinar. It says, get paid while you travel the lifestyle of a coder. The tech industry is starving for new diverse talent. Sign up and learn more and get a free coding lesson. 60 minute live webinar, reserve your seat. And I believe this is going to be for Wednesday and Thursday of this week. Uh, This is with uh, Antoine Digital, also with Unlock Academy. And I've used their uh, information before and I know it's really great material. So if you are interested, head over to our Instagram at Black Equity Network. See where we posted this and uh, go ahead and get you a one hour free webinar to learn more about coding. Back to the show. Uh, the floor is open for you. Is there anything uh, that you're seeing within the culture? Uh, that you would like to discuss or uh, speak on, uh, anything that's going on in the news, anything that just piques your interest that we can discuss here on Black Equity? Honestly, I would say it's, I want I want more Black podcasters to start focusing on some of these like mergers that are taking place mm-hmm. and what's happening within the industry. I think we as human beings, this happens regardless of what you do. You can get very caught up in day-to-day life, your job, all of these things, and you sometimes miss the subtle things that are happening within the community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, within SiriusXM and the Pandora acquisition, um, those merging together, um, iHeartRadio purchasing how stuff works, like these things are very major within the platform. And Spotify think- purchasing Anchor. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then you can kill it, you know? Right. And so all of these things, I think, are all signs of how big. And, like, if you look at how much money they're spending or even the fact that in 2018, about $400 million was spent on podcast advertising mm-hmm. by brands. And so all of these things are really huge, and it really speaks a lot to what's happening within the industry. And I know a lot of people want to go into podcasting for either fun or monetization, like, oh my goodness, like help me get sponsorship. That's one big thing we hear so often. Right. But I always want people to like think instead, look at what's going on and instead prepare for what that means. So everybody, like if monetization was that easy, everybody would be monetizing. Right. I'm not saying it's impossible because it's, it's a lot easier than people think, but in the same token, it's about first understanding what a podcast is, how it's a podcast, and then understanding the business behind it. And many people don't. It's just, I have a mic and I record and that's all. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have a brand? Do you have a website? Do you, are you consistent? Do you have um, like, what brands would even align with you? Do you have a listenership? And do you have a personality? Because oftentimes your listeners are listening to you based off of you and nothing else. And people, I think, have to remember that. Like you have to build relationships with people so that that way they feel connected. And that's why they return week after week. My favorite podcast, I listen because of the people telling the stories, not just the stories that are told. Right. I agree. Also, I think uh, to piggyback off what you're saying, uh, you know, people ask, you know, for advice. And I always say, who's your target? Like, who's your target audience? 
and are you catering and curating the content for that individual group of people? I think sometimes we get so excited in what we like that we forget, you know, who am I making this for? Like, who who is that person on the other side of of the the microphone or the other side of the speaker who's listening uh, to what you have to say? So I always want to make sure that people. Uh, are paying attention to that as well, your your core target audience. Exactly. And then knowing who that is, knowing what they like to do, knowing what brands would actually align with them. Mm-hmm. And starting small. Like, you would be very surprised the restaurant opening up the street will give you $200. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, like, sometimes people want the, like, the big name brands, but you're, you're missing out on, like, the little wins, mm-hmm. which can build up your portfolio to be able to make sense to why you deserve those big brand partnerships. I agree. Uh, what I also noticed, uh, I know we we're talking about uh, kind of the landscape of podcasting. I noticed what Google's doing with uh, some of the programs they've put out as far as, uh, you know, we'll invest into your podcast, uh, just sign this application. Uh, and they, they have, I heard they had over like 20,000 people trying to get be a part of their, uh, I guess, their Google network. So then they can be part of the top 20 that are selected. Uh, so there's so many different companies, brands who are trying to, what I say, get some equity. And by the way, the Google one that I'm talking about was specifically for uh, what they call minorities or people of color. And so they're trying to get black equity, in my my opinion, uh, so they can get they can tap into this market because there are so many of us who have something to say and we add so much uh, cultural value uh, to the marketplace. So people have to understand their value or they'll just sign over, you know, uh, their rights before even really knowing the power that they have. A hundred percent. You know, like I look at it in the sense of. As Black people start to understand our buying power, we can then start to kind of shift the type of things that are being sold in our neighborhoods, shift like the things that happen within our um, society. It's the same thing with podcasting. Once you start understanding the value and the strength behind your voice and what you have to say, it really shifts things. It causes Mm -hmm. things to and so that's why you know a lot of these brands and organizations are creating people of color or black women or so on and so forth that's because of the fact that they recognize that there's value there and you speak to an audience that they can't get to without you exactly exactly and it's it's so powerful once you know that once you know that even if i don't have the biggest audience in the world the fact that i can get to a core audience that these bigger organizations can't get to because less and less people are watching TV, less and less people are listening to the radio. And so more and more people are jumping on podcasts. So if you can, not to be religious here, but uh, whoever has your ear has your heart. And if you can get the ear of someone else by owning these uh, digital assets that we call podcasts, uh, then you can really tap into that market, not necessarily in a negative way, but it can be. But, uh, you know, we really have to pay attention to who has our ear. Very true. Like whatever you let in, it will seep into you. I agree. I agree. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll uh, th- turn the tables. Are there any <laughs> questions that you may have for me or any topics that you would want to discuss with me uh, on black equity? Why did you create black equity? 
Well, actually, exactly what you mentioned earlier, that we need to pay attention to these mergers. We need to pay attention to kind of these subtle business moves. When I look at when I look at Disney acquiring Fox assets mm-hmm. and I see them now strategically trying to position themselves to do a remake of Home Alone, here's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm suspecting, and then maybe this will also answer your question. I'm suspecting that Home Alone is not going to be a little white boy this time around. Mm-hmm. I'm suspecting that if I'm Disney and I'm looking at The Lion King, and I'm seeing all the equity that Beyonce brought in. I'm looking at the the wave that Little Mermaid is making by uh, turning a white mermaid into a black mermaid, for lack of a better way of explaining it. And I'm looking mm-hmm. at the uh, cultural impact that Black Panther made. And I'm looking at Crazy uh, Rich Asians movie. I'm looking at Home Alone as a a great brand that I could build something around and do a real big splash by not doing the same thing that I did before, but by having Black equity, I could potentially have a Black girl as Home Alone or a Black boy as Home Alone or an Asian boy or an Asian girl as Home Alone or have a mixed amount. Maybe it's not just one person. Maybe it's two or three people that are are Home Alone. They have a cultural relevance to uh, these different... um, uh, cultural backgrounds. So why did I why did I uh, start Black Equity? Because a lot of people are going to miss these moves. The business moves that are happening aren't just oh we acquired an asset. No, it's going to affect the culture in some way. And so by watching all these moves happening, it's our job here on Black Equity to try to see well what what are they trying to do? How are they trying to uh, have either cultural equity? relational equity or straight business equity uh, with within our culture. Because if you look at it, Little Mermaid, if it does what it's supposed to do, if Haley uh, Bailey, if I said that, or Holly Bailey, if, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> if, if they do what they're supposed to do, that means you're going to have uh, Black Mermaid toys, Black Mermaid t-shirts, Black Mermaid, everything, everything merchandise. And my question is, does she get any black uh, black equity of that? Any back end equity on the movie? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know that. But those are the things I study to to try to figure out. Well, all this money that's going to be made, all the money that Black Panther made, and I heard that less than three million dollars was allocated towards the cast. Wow. And so those are the things I'm looking at. I mean, you're in Atlanta. You're in you're in Black Hollywood. And how much money is coming in and out of Atlanta and how much of that are we seeing? Are we seeing the, uh, our equitable share that we're supposed to? So those are the things I, I really wanted us to pay attention because you're right. I did notice there was a lot of um, a lot of relationship talk, a lot of nonsense talk, a lot of BS <laughs> talk. And I wanted us to have a higher conversation within black culture because a lot of times we get the wool pulled over our eyes. Very much so. Very much so. Um, and I know, like, I, I've had people tell me, of course, for some people, podcasting is just their outlet. And so if you, and so I always like to tell people, I am not saying anything is wrong with having a podcast about sex, having a podcast about relationships. Nothing is wrong with that because there's a market for that yeah. and it works. 
But in the same token, there's some people who, you know, it's not for, that's not for them. Right. And so it's making sure we're diversified throughout the whole industry. Exactly. Overly saturating one particular area. And then we're wondering, well, why can't, you know, I get more listeners. Well, there's only but so much you can talk about with that arena. Yes. And so it's a matter of making sure that we, we take it beyond that, you know, for some people that's their outlet and that's perfectly fine. But understanding that our culture is changing, the times are changing, and we are at a very pivotal space right now in time where people care about our voices. People care about what's happening to the black community. Mm -hmm. I think we have to strike while the iron is hot to make sure that we are able to get the most advanced advancement out of this. Because if you now have like a, a black princess, a black mermaid and all these things that says a lot. That means that they're actually recognizing. And I think people always talk about Wakanda really kind of brought that to light or get out, you know, and all of these movies are really kind of showing that, wait a minute, black people really will spend money to support each other on things other than a Medea movie. Amen. Nothing wrong with Tyler Perry. You know, it kind of gave us a little bit of diversity. It kind of showed that we are not just all one track minded. And so now that that notion is finally out there, um, how they didn't know it before is crazy to me. But now that it's finally out there, I think this is also the opportunity for various other avenues, whether it's even YouTube. You know, oftentimes you see a lot of YouTubers that do makeup and hair and it's like, Black YouTubers stick to makeup hair, but there's cooking shows on YouTube. There's so many other avenues. There's a sewing show. Like, I'm not going to lie, because sometimes when I need to sew something, I do go look at that little show. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's all these avenues for us to really kind of take a step back and find out what are the voices that need to be amplified within our community so that that way we can ensure that we're pushing that forward and it evens the playing field and gives us a better advantage. And we can tap into that $400 million. that's about to be a billion dollars in 2021. I agree. And it's, it's, it's crazy that we're on the same page with um, when I look at black Panther, just to step back a little bit, the narrative that was out during that time. And I didn't, I, obviously black equity didn't exist at the time and I wish we had because there was a narrative being spun that this was the first black superhero and I'm saying to myself um, before my podcast uh, days I'm saying to myself this is such a lie I grew up on Meteor Man I grew mm-hmm. up on Blank Man I grew up on Blade and I didn't, I'm not a really big Blade you know guy but I, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself what do we talk like <laughs> I'm so confused of why we are putting all our money into Marvel when we don't have any equity in this situation. And uh, we're handing over our power all within two weekends. Within two weekends, billions of dollars exchange hands. It was a a transfer of wealth uh, over those two weekends, maybe even three or four weekends because it kept running for so long. We handed over all of our money to Marvel and we didn't necessarily see any of that. Mm -hmm. And so one of the biggest things for me is we can't let that happen again. Like we really need to be at least at the very minimum aware of what's happening to us. And at the maximum, we really need to, like you said, we need our piece of the pie because really black culture decides culture. We decide everything. And knowing that we need to really make sure we get paid, not just, not just monetarily, but paid off of uh, the, the, the cultural, 
uh, relevance and also having uh, a say in how things are done on the highest of all high levels in film, fashion, really everything. Every industry that we're involved in, we need to have a say. There's no reason why in the hair industry, uh, we don't make up any more than 20 or 30% of the ownership of uh, beauty and hair. That, that number has to go up. And, th- and the conversations like these allow for us to do that. Here's the thing, though, that I'll disagree with you on. Go ahead. I think Black Panther had to happen the way it did. Okay. So yes, we handed over a lot of our equity, but in the same token, it was necessary for it to happen that way to show that we actually have that power. That's right. I think now that we've been able to say, look at what we can do and look at the fact that we will spend money on something that is not the, the typical Black person as they try to stereotype us to be. Right. Um, and it's truly about a society that is a reality. You know, like I always tell people, Seeing that I'm Nigerian, I sometimes get a little upset about Black Panther because, mm-hmm. you know, people act as if, like, Wakanda is a real place. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, okay, you do recognize that people in Nigeria don't all, or, or in Africa, they don't all live in huts. Right. Like, not just impoverished. Like, when I go back home, I have a driver, I have a cook, I have a, a different standard of life. But that's not the reality that people show. And so I think giving that opportunity to kind of show that type of movie. And then I want to say that what was that last year, Boris Kojo then did this whole um, thing where he invited all of these famous people to Ghana. And now it's turned into a thing that Ghana is is trying to push of where it's like returning home. And um, they're going to make it more affordable, all these great things. But I think what even made that even more feasible is people to see that Africa is not this scary thing. Boko Haram is not going to just grab you off the street and take you away. And so Black Panther kind of served in so many different lights, even for Black Like. People, I think it served its purpose so that that way we were able to to see the other side and the reality of what Africa probably could have been if mm. not torn apart and, you know, raped by so many different countries. Um, and so it, it sheds that light, but it also shows our buying power in a different light than what anybody has seen before and shows that we will buy and we will show up for things that are empowering about our culture, empowering about our images. So I think now that that's happened, it kind of shifts the type of movies we now see with Black people. Like, I really think it kind of set the stage to show that, oh, wait a minute, they actually will support each other for things other than, you know, my baby daddy left me and I'm whatever. <laughs> Right. You know, and so I think that was necessary. Um, the other piece that you talked about was around, you said Black Panther. And then after that, you, oh gosh, you said something else that I was like, oh, I need to come back to that. But I don't remember now. What did you okay. talk about after Black Panther? <laughs> I, I don't remember the, the exact thing. If it does pop up, please interrupt me. Um, <laughs> I was going to say on the podcast side, I think as soon as that happened, what I noticed is, oh, okay, we need to invest in the culture. So then you saw Jamel Hill get her own you know, Spotify deal, Joe Budden get his own uh, Spotify deal. And I know more things are in the works. And so you're seeing that kind of transcend, not to not just film and TV. I know we didn't talk a lot about TV today, 
but not just film and TV, but like you said, now it's coming over to podcasting where they see the value of the culture. And so it's exciting time. So, you know. But I want to see the value beyond famous people. I'm tired of seeing so many podcast shows Mm -hmm. are just famous people. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus and Jaloff, those are two famous women. So Yovana Rigi from um, Insecure. Mm -hmm. Lovey. Lovey is a writer. Like, she's just so many great things balled up into one amazing Nigerian. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I always tell people, I always say, okay, what are some great Black podcasts that are out there that they're not famous, that has monetized, they are doing big numbers, but they're not famous. Like they don't have not one famous co-host on there. And sometimes for people, that's very hard for them to name. So find all of these big brands, they tend to go for the famous people. I mean, for example, but the read has been around for so long. When is the next, the read coming up? When is the next read going to be? Well, I think the beautiful part is, and hopefully I have the opportunity to work with you. I think we get to cultivate that. Mm. I, I think we get to decide now um, what happens next, because you're right. The day of, you know, just plopping down a famous face. And I'm seeing a lot of people doing that where these famous faces are now starting podcasts. And Hey, I'm not saying stop it. But I don't wrong think nothing's wrong with it, but I don't think that's where the power is going to lie. I think it's going to come from the everyday person that we know um, is giving it an unbiased opinion that's the person that I want to sit down and talk to. And I think, I think it's trending that way. And I'm glad you brought that up. I'm excited for that. You know, like I always tell people, if I look at any platform and it's like, okay, you know, they'll always say, well, I have, we have black podcasts that are behind. Okay. Take away your black podcasts that are famous people. Then who do you have? It's like, but then on the flip side, how many white people do you have that are hosts and producers and so on on all of your different shows? And not one of them are famous at all. But yet, huge disparity. Yet we see them as some type of an authority. The, the only thing that makes them the authority is the fact that they're behind the mic, and sadly, because they're white, <laughs> that's that's all they need: that white and microphone authority. But then, you know, on the black side, are, are we seeing it the same way as we should? And so I think I think we are now, but I think it took a while for us to say, hey, you don't have to have this famous face in order to tell the truth of what's going on, you know, within whatever niche or genre in which you represent. Exactly. Yeah. So if someone wants to reach out to you, I know you mentioned it earlier. What is the best way to reach out to you, to speak with you and connect with you? Um, connect with us. You can definitely, you know, connect on Instagram. Um, I am not a Facebook person. We do have a Facebook page, but I tell people all the time, please don't reach out to me on that. God knows how long to even realize that you sent me something. Um, so Instagram, we are BLK POD Collective. Okay. You can of course shoot us an email at hello at BLK POD Collective.com. Um, I'm, I like to be pretty responsive so i'm one of those people who you can talk to me we can chat if we have workshops we also have like you know one-on-ones consultations if you are trying to figure out if your idea makes sense um we also have like a podcast review where we will actually like 
pull three to four people who listen to podcasts to kind of give feedback about your particular podcast to see if you're going down the right path. Um, so we do quite a bit to just try to help and make sure people are like set down the right way. And I always tell people sign up for that newsletter because it's about to be popping and you don't want to miss out. So I'm, yeah. all, I'm all signed up. I'm si- everything you got, I'm signed up. <laughs> uh, tell tell them one more time about uh, your your hosting of uh, Epic Collective of uh, coming up on Monday, and then also TEDx if you, if you don't mind. Of course. So um, Epic Collective is having a collective commercial conversations. It's a panel on entrepreneurship and commercial real estate, and that's taking place this Monday, August twelfth, at the Parlor. Um, If you head over to our Instagram page, you'll be able to see more information about that. And then our baby, uh, TEDx, which I'm so proud to be a part of, um, especially something that is amplifying our voices in this manner. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a total of eight, or I think we're up to nine speakers now. Um, We it's going to be amazing. Like you don't want to miss out. We're also still looking for volunteers for that. So if you are interested in volunteering, you can send an email and that event is taking place on Saturday, August 17th at Frederick Douglass high school. Um, You know, tickets are on sale at Eventbrite, but you can also kind of see every ticket, all of those items on our Instagram page. And then our website always has like our upcoming events. Like we have some big events coming in September um, where we're partnering with, um, Brown Girl Bloggers to bring an event called The Crossover, which is awesome. kind of talking about how a lot of bloggers have crossed over into podcasting. So we're going to have a panel discussion, but also a little bit of a workshop and a social mixer for podcasters and bloggers to kind of match together and tap into each other as resources. So look out for that information coming out really soon and um, follow us and stay in touch and support. Awesome. Definitely will. Definitely will. And this is exciting. So this was your first time having uh, this experience? Yeah, this is my first time being interviewed. Wow, you did a wonderful job. We are very excited to see what else you come up with. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And thank you for thinking of me. No, I, I love the movement that you have. I had to definitely reach out to you uh, because I see, I see where you're going. The vision is very, uh, very on point and very timely. And uh, the door is open. If you want to come back on to discuss anything in the future, any events, just let me know. Uh, We'll love to have you back on. Most definitely. And hopefully I get to visit you sometime. We'll do an event in your city and we can collaborate. Well, I'm in Charlotte. So uh, I know you have an event coming up in Charlotte soon. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll be talking. if, if If I'm invited, I would love to be there. Well, you now officially have a ticket. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. I look forward to meeting you then. Definitely. Everyone, go check out Black Pod Collective, uh, speak with Anna, and then uh, be a part of the ambassador program, the newsletter, and then make sure you check out these events as well. Thank you, Anna, for coming on Black Equity. Thank you so much for having me. You have a great day. You as well. Bye. Anna.